From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Daniel Sellerson. D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra. Yeah. And the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Daniel Salerson. Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome in to the Black and Blue Report. As the Open mentioned, I am Daniel Salerson, in for Sean Kelly, who has the morning off as the Pelicans arrived in Toronto late last night and get set to take on the Raptors tonight at the Air Canada Center. Unfortunately, the road trip did not get off on the right foot yesterday as the Pelicans fell to the Brooklyn Nets 93-81. Pelicans set record lows in the first quarter, scoring 14 points, and first half scoring only scoring 28 points, and they trailed 51-28 at the half. The Pelicans did outscore Brooklyn 53-41 in the second half, but it wasn't enough as the Pelicans fell again to Brooklyn 93-81. to well, after the game, Sean caught up with head coach Monty Williams. Let you go first, coach. What thoughts after this one? Just tough, tough first half. Obvious, obviously, we scored 28 points. Um, just a lack of discipline on a number of things. Weak side defense against pick and roll situations. Free throw rebounding. Uh, couple that with a lot of guys missed a lot of open shots tonight. Uh, you know, you play poorly when opposing team has 22 turnovers and they also have 12 missed free throws and we still couldn't make up the difference so um, just didn't play well um, we got to be a lot better tomorrow you got that thing to seven yeah I think they're at one point yeah almost as if you were going to punch through and, and then like what we were there and um, we gave up a free throw box out uh, we missed free throws and just couldn't capitalize and you know you're gonna miss shots but you can't give up extra possessions on the road you've already fought to get back in the game you expend all of that en energy and you got to be almost perfect to be able to beat a veteran team like that they got a quick start and that yeah. happens a lot but yeah. at what point did you think uh oh we're in trouble here well first four or five possessions uh, we just didn't run our offense with any kind of zeal the way that we've been running it um, at home we thought we were allowing them to put their hands on us and not um, we're, weren't setting up to catch the ball, weren't setting up and pick and roll. Uh, Lexi picked up an offensive foul because our guards are going too fast and he's trying to set a screen. So those are things that we've been talking about for weeks that we were pretty good at the last week and a half. We just weren't that great tonight. Because of the way you played that last week and a half, yeah. did, did this surprise you a little bit? No, not really. Um, I know we're going to have games like this just because of the makeup of our team. Um, I was proud of the fact that we competed in the second half, didn't give in. Um, we just couldn't make any shots when we needed to, like you said, when we cut it to seven. Evans didn't play tonight. Did you find yourself trying to search for what, the, the hot button or maybe the right rotation to, yeah. to kick it into gear? Yeah, we just were always trying to do that. Um, the bottom line is the guys that were on the floor to start the game just didn't didn't bring the same type of juice that we've been bringing. Um, 
it's unfortunate because we, we have a, a good thing going and now we got to bounce back tomorrow. Well, it wasn't all bad news this weekend as the Pelicans earned their first win Friday night in the newly named Smoothie King Center against the Minnesota Timberwolves, 98-91. Also, Anthony Davis was named to the Western Conference All-Star team, replacing the injured Kobe Bryant. So in just his second year in the NBA, Anthony Davis will represent the Pelicans and the city of New Orleans in this week's All-Star Showdown. So a win on Friday on national television and Anthony Davis being named to the All-Star team was not a bad way to start the weekend for the Pelicans. And since that game was on ESPN, uh, Sean Kelly on Friday caught up with uh, ESPN on NBA analyst Hubie Brown, who was calling the game. So we'll have that interview for you later on in the show. He talks about All-Star weekend and talks about Anthony Davis. So today we'll focus all on the Pelicans as they get set to take on the Toronto Raptors later on tonight. But first, we'll recap last night's game against Brooklyn. And coming up next, you'll hear from Brian Roberts and Luke Babbitt on the Black and Blue. The Pelicans Valentine's three-game flex pack presented by Woodhouse Day Spa is a great gift for the basketball lover in your life. This limited-time offer includes two tickets to any three games of your choice on the Pelicans schedule, including matchups against the Clippers, Thunder, and Heat. Packages start as low as $54, plus the first 200 packs purchased will include a $25 gift card to Woodhouse Day Spa. So call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your Valentine's three-game flex pack today. As one Entergy customer to another, I have a tip for you. Download the free Entergy app. If my power goes out, I check the app. The outage maps let me know what's happening and when to expect my lights back on. It also makes it easy to pay my bill and manage my account, all right from my smartphone. Download the app today or visit EntergyApp.com for more information. Giving me control in the palm of my hand? That's the power of people. Entergy. This is Pelicans guard Brian Roberts, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Well, I'm sure last night's loss to Brooklyn was not the way New Orleans wanted to start off the three-game road trip, but they fell to the Nets last night 93-81. The Nets bench outscored the Pelicans bench 59-31, and no Nets starter scored double figures. For the Pelicans, it was Anthony Davis that led the way with 24 points and 9 rebounds, and Brian Roberts was the only other starter to hit double digits with 12 points. After the game, he spoke with John DeShazer in the Pelicans locker room. They got out to an early lead on you guys. You score a season a season low 28 in the first half. Was it an energy level deal or was it something they were doing defensively? Um, I mean, they were being physical, but, um, you know, we just came out flat from the jump. Um, uh, they were aggressive from the beginning and we didn't match that. And, um, you know, we weren't making shots. But um, for the most part, it was just on us just – coming out flat and, and not executing and um, we, we tried to pick it up in the second half but um, just couldn't overcome it. Now you mentioned that second half you guys were able to pull it back together did you feel like you guys gave you yourselves an opportunity you were able to pull within seven there and then they were able to kind of pull away at the end? Yeah I mean uh, coming out of halftime we knew we just had to pick it up our aggression and um, just playing a little more physical and uh, we did that, and we cut it to seven, like you said, but uh, we just couldn't get over the hump, and um, you know, we just got to get ready for tomorrow. Now, as you mentioned, tomorrow off to Toronto to play the Raptors on their place. Um, what are you expecting out of that game? Uh, another physical game. Uh, they're a good team. They're playing well, and um, you know, we got to you know, kind of forget about this one and get ready to, to go tomorrow because they're a good team, and um, you know, they're hungry too. So Off the bench, it was Austin Rivers with 10 points and the newest Pelican, Luke Babbitt, with 9 points. 
Mr. DeShazer was a busy man after the game and spoke with Luke following the loss to the Nets. Luke, you've been able to play some significant critical minutes these last couple of games against Minnesota and here against Brooklyn. Let's talk about how you're fitting in and how you feel comfortable. Uh, well, it's a process. You know, um, I don't feel 100% comfortable yet. I mean, this is only my, I think I've been on the team about a week, so it's just a process. Um, you know, I'm going to try to get better each day, fit in a little bit better. You know, I'm learning the guys, learning the system. Uh, there's still, you know, a lot of work to be done, but um, the important thing is, you know, we just continue to play hard as a team. I thought we did that in the second half. If we do that, you know, we'll be in games. You mentioned the second half. The first half, obviously, the team only scored 28 points. Did you see anything different in that half that you saw in the first than you saw in the, sec- in the second half? Um, well, you know, just aggressiveness. We were a little bit more aggressive. Um, you know, you got to assert yourself against a, a veteran team. You can't come out, you know, and kind of feel out the game sometimes or they'll step on you. You know, they're an experienced group, uh, and we learned a lesson tonight. So we'll have to, you know, improve on that. Now, that lesson, you get a chance to apply it. That's the good thing about the NBA, I guess. You get to apply it immediately in Toronto. What are you expecting out of that game? Um, it's going to be another good I mean, that's a good team. You know, one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. They're playing really well. They're playing, uh, you know, better as the season gets on. So, We're going to have to come and play. It's a back-to-back. You know, we're going to have to continue what we did in the second half tonight. We're going to have to roll that over to tomorrow night. Hopefully the Pelicans can bounce back quickly as they take on the Toronto Raptors tonight at 6 p.m. You can catch all the action on Fox Sports New Orleans with Joel Myers and David Wesley and listen to Sean and John on 105.3 WWL-FM and the Pelicans Radio Network. As promised, coming up next is Sean Kelly's interview with former NBA coach and current ESPN NBA analyst, Evie Brown. NBA All-Star 2014 is coming to New Orleans with an exciting lineup. The BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge is your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. On Friday, February 14th, the New Orleans Arena will play host as the rookies and sophomores team up to battle for bragging rights and make a name for themselves in the Big Easy. Tickets are on sale now through NBAevents.com for as low as $10. BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge. Your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light. For the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. As I mentioned before, the Pelicans finally snapped their four-game losing streak against the Timberwolves at the Smoothie King Center Friday night, 98-91, a game that was nationally televised on ESPN. Hubie Brown was the analyst for that game and was gracious enough to sit down with our Sean Kelly before the game. Guys? Coach, first of all, welcome back to New Orleans. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to hear your thoughts about Anthony Davis, who received good news today. What, what's your take on what that young man's been able to do? Well, I was outspoken on the part that he should have been on the team in the first place, uh, mainly because when you say 2010, that's so difficult to do in the league, and we all know only four guys are doing that. But then when you put the shot blocking in there and you put all three together and you realize that it hasn't been done in 20 years, why isn't this guy on the All-Star team? Who is on the All-Star team ahead of him, and, and what have they done? Can they match that? 
does it surprise you that he made the jump that he did from year one to year two? Well, I think that the talent base has been there because I think you have to look and say, in high school, he was a six foot three point guard. And then all of a sudden, the, the growth came. So you knew that the athleticism, the ball handling, his IQ is there. Now it comes down to with the added weight and that which direction is he going to go? Well, we can see what's happening. He's becoming a not only an offensive force because he's shooting over 50. He's not a volume guy. He's a percentage guy. Then defensively, the shot blocking, but the fact that he can uh, get so many uh, loose balls and then cause the loose ball defensively, he's a major plus now. So with me, I know guys want to say that he looks like this guy or that guy. To me, he's a young Garnett, and when Garnett came in the league, he played the same way as this guy. And then I think that once he got into his second year, he did 2010 only 12 times in a row. So if he can do that, I think everybody here would be happy. Oh, I think so. <laughs> you know, the All-Star game in New Orleans, I think New Orleans enjoys hosting the big events. That's sure. well documented. When you look at the All-Star game, Hubie, and what's become of that weekend and everything else, is it celebrating our players and our game enough in your eyes? Well, I think that, unfortunately, the season ticket holder is moved, his seats are moved. So I am a person that would like to see the season ticket holders still rewarded by not being moved. That, to okay. me, is number one, All okay? Right. And then number two, I'd like to see uh, – all of the events that they're doing, they're, they're making great inroads with the communities and children are seeing and, and having a lot of fun. All of that is great. But I'm old school. I want to see the game get back to how the game used to be, where it is tremendously competitive. And it was a great pride in either the East beating the West. Right. And uh, when I broke in in the 70s, 73, I mean, that was really a big deal. Right. So... Uh, now we all know that depending upon who's on the floor, et cetera, and that dictates the tempo of the game. But the athleticism, uh, what they can do athletically, and then the shooting, which has improved tremendously, uh, it's, it's a great day for the fan because he wants to see 150 points. <laughs> the offenses and everything. You know, Monty Williams says, I don't vote for half stars. I want all stars, guys that play at both ends of the floor. We don't see that during the All-Star game itself. Well, you know, un until they go and make it very rewarding from a financial standpoint, you're not going to see that. Uh, we're going to continue to see what we're seeing. And uh, like I say, so many of the fans enjoy that. Right. But the basketball people who are the bennies of the world, uh, they wanted to see, hey, let's get after one another, but let's make it so that the reward is a major influence to get you to really put out. You talked about East versus West. Let me ask you about Western Conference power versus Eastern Conference futility right now. In your eyes, is this a blip in the radar or is this alarming to you? No, it is alarming, and there's no doubt about it. Come on, it's been going on now for quite a while. And then when you look at it, uh, whether you want to say, hey, it's mismanagement, it's bad picks in the draft, in a lot of, it's bad trades, uh, it's bad coaching, bad selection, or it's all of the above okay. of why these franchises are in this type of a situation. Uh, only until you go examine each one can you really look at that. 
Now, the perfect example is right here, 13 and 5 against the East, and people are struggling uh, to try to make the playoffs, okay? And unfortunately, uh, that's very difficult when you are coaching a young team to be able to compete night in and night out. And with you guys, you have four of your top six guys out, and we're not talking just for a few games. We're talking a lot. And you're still hanging around, and you, it still can be dangerous. But it's, it's, it's tough for the fan and the city and the players themselves because they know that if they were in the Eastern Conference, they'd be in the playoffs in spite of the injuries, okay? And that's the thing which is alarming. Plus, if people have been around the game, when the game was played, each team had five, six, or seven different sets, all different, uh, like NFL football, and then different options would come off the plays, and you saw the beauty and the IQ of the game. Now, if I say to you, what's happening to our game? Our game is now becoming a pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop game. You take the pick-and-roll out of this game, you can go around this league, and you can't give me 10 teams that won great continuity. Okay, because then I say to you, when it comes down to the big games, how can you get the guy to shot when it's only pick and roll or at playoff time when we take away your pick and roll because we have better talent? You're going home because your three best guys cannot get their high percentage shots in their best areas. They're getting shots, but not where they're going to shoot a high percentage. And that's what's alarming to me. I would like to see us get back to that. I agree. And while San Antonio has become a pick-and-roll, pick-and-roll, pick-and-roll team, they still can adjust under Greg Popovich. Yeah, but let's face it, though. They run hard on the break. They have great ball movement from side to side. They run the baseline staggered screens for Parker. Then they run the down screen to bring him back off the top. And as he comes off the top, sure, it's two-man with he and Duncan. Yes. But they've just done three different things, okay, which emphasize the movement and they're playing three-man basketball in the middle of the floor as they eventually get and cover the corners. And then when the clock is down, the ball goes to the corners, and they shoot the high percentage three. But to watch it, it looks easy. But to play it, you have to be in incredible condition to play it and be available to make the shots under pressure in the last six minutes of a game. I learn every time I talk to you. I could talk to you all night. I do want to ask you about one more thing. Oh, sure. You know, we've got Rick Adelman still on the Minnesota bench. We talked about Greg Popovich's team. Yet we had all those head coaching changes last year. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways it's good to have the new blood on the bench in the NBA at the head coach position. Do you see effectiveness in some of these, I wouldn't say young guys, but new head coaches across the league? Well, see, I'm not a big fan of that because I saw three guys who won 56 and 57 games go to the wayside. Then when you look at it, I can name to you right now 25 guys that should be coaching in this league because we've gone to, uh, we'll get a young coach and pay him a third of what we're paying the older coach so the older coach cannot get back in just like in the business world. You hit 55, you're out on the street, and we all know that that's corporate America today. Uh, now, then you've got to find another job. Well, unfortunately, I didn't like the fact that it was a nine-people turnaround. Now, going with young coaches is fine, as long as the young coach has a good coaching staff. Because I want to know here now, is the teaching going on? Or are the practice sessions shorter now? Or 
uh, because of fatigue or traveling or giving me that schedule stuff, okay, with private planes and three meals on a plane. Stop it already. You can't tell you can't sell that to anybody that coached in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, all right? Uh, so consequently, uh, I just want to say that you can go young. You can go like what Phoenix did with uh, Hornacek and what Bud, what Bud is doing in Atlanta. Coaching staffs, excellent. Style of play, excellent. I can play both fast, slow, half court, full court. Then you like to see what they're doing before the game and at practice. Now, if you're going to bring in that many young guys, I want to see that going on. You want to see the teaching of the game and most of all, the accountability to chemistry and team play. Sounds simple, mm -hmm. but the most difficult thing today. Coach, as always, thanks. Hubie, I hope you enjoy your visit to New Orleans and uh, enjoy All-Star Weekend, even, even despite what we talked yeah, about. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. When we come back, I'll wrap things up on the Black and Blue Report. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. N nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Our thanks to Sean and John for their interviews with Monty Williams, Luke Babbitt, and Brian Roberts. You can catch the boys tonight again on 105.3 WWL-FM and the Pelicans Radio Network as New Orleans looks to even up the road trip against the Toronto Raptors. Also, you can now listen to the guys on your Pelicans mobile app by tapping on the little speaker in the right corner when the game starts. I tested it out in our studio on Friday and I'll say it's pretty cool. So, again, you can listen. If you're not in your car and want to listen on the radio, just download the Pelicans mobile app. And if you do have it, click on the little speaker in the right corner. Don't forget, you can also follow the show on Twitter at BlackBlueReport or myself at D Salerson for updates on uh, everything that has to do with the Pelicans radio network. And, of course, you can follow the boys on the radio at Sean Kelly Live and at John DeShazer. Tomorrow, I will be back in the hosting chair since Shauna and JD will be arriving in Milwaukee, Wisconsin late, where they'll take on the Bucks to end the three-game road trip on Wednesday night. Be sure to listen all week as we'll continue to count down to All-Star Weekend in the Big Easy. We're efforting to bring you a bunch of national guests as, again, New Orleans will have the stage once again for All-Star Weekend. Well, that'll do it for today's show. For Sean Kelly, John DeShazer, I'm Daniel Salerson. Have a great rest of your Monday, and we'll see you on the radio tonight for Pelicans and Raptors. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. 
Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.